0: Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of FPL Hit or Quit. So we did miss last week's episodes, so this will be more of a combined episode and also Mahmoud is missing for this one, so just I and I here today. Hello guys. Um, so let's get started by going over our Game Week 7 and 8, uh, Game Week scores and the averages. So Game Week 7 was an average of 53 points, IO how did your team fare?
1: Uh, this was not a good week for me. Uh, I only managed to get 45 points. Um, not much I can say. Kane was my captain for that game week, and he only got me 12 points on that assist. Uh, it was nice to get that, uh, what was it, that covered Lewin goal, though, even though that uh, Newcastle did beat Everton in that game. Oh, yeah, that one came really right late. The, it came really late, so that was that was nice. But... Um, the one thing I did well for game week uh, seven, though, was I took Trent out for Chilwell. And um, so Liverpool didn't get that clean sheet against West Ham. And and Chelsea did against Burnley. So, I mean, those were four points that could have gone worse had I not made that transfer. Yeah, great so move. That was, but the one sad part was I had Lamptey on my bench against Oof. Spurs.
0: When he scored that
1: goal. And I had internal conflict for so, so long. Because I wanted to, I benched Justin and Lamptey. And I was going back and forth, back and forth over who to like put second. Uh, no, sorry, who to put first in my bench. Because I really wasn't sure if Mitchell was going to play. And I, actually, I ended up going for Justin and instead of Lamptey. Who, Justin only got two. And then Lampty got the nine.
0: Who was Justin playing that week?
1: Uh, Justin played Leeds.
0: Ah, uh, okay, fair enough. I mean, yeah, Lamptey had a tough fixture against Birds. That's hard to call.
1: So I mean, that one hurt a little bit. But other than that, wasn't a great week. Um, but game week eight was better. Okay. Um, this week was a not strange, but like I didn't have any uh, asset that went really high scoring. But I had a really consistent uh, eight points, seven points, nine points from a lot of players. So it actually ended up uh, adding up to 66 points. Not bad at uh, all. Which is above the average, which was, I think, 55. Yep. So, I mean, my two biggest mistakes this week were Messlier over Martinez. I was, I mean... Aston Villa versus Arsenal, I really expected Arsenal to get away with a win in that game. Um, and shock. and even Leeds against Crystal Palace was a shock. I, oh, yeah. I didn't see, I didn't see got that laptop. Yeah, that was four goals from Palace.
0: Yeah, well, never thought you'd see that.
1: So, I mean, that was my one mistake. I had Justin on my bench with also six points. But Chilwell got got a goal. Walker-Peters got a clean sheet and three bonus points. Lamptey got a clean sheet. Rashford got an assist. Son got nothing. He was my captain, but he got that clean sheet point. Um, Salah got a goal. Kane got a goal. Bamford got a goal. And Kyron Lewin got an assist. So,
0: Yeah, it's weeks like that. Not too bad. Everything goes right, but you miss your captain and then suddenly it's an average week or like not as great as it could have been. If you hit your captain Um, that week, you're looking at a banger.
1: Exactly. I mean, I was watching at my live rank and it was going up, up, up the whole Uh game week until that Spurs game. Because so many people have Kane captain and I captain son. Yeah. And it just didn't go my way that day.
0: Yeah, that's just unlucky, really. Like, seeing this week, like, everyone had either Kane or someone captain. I didn't really see any differentials. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you, Kane didn't do amazing, to be fair, but like nine points and compared to three is still a nice six point difference. It can add up. So, yeah. Especially
1: as a captain, it adds up.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Okay, so moving on to my team. I, I did wildcard obviously in game week 7, so I will talk you guys through the team. I haven't changed it much so far. So I went with Melier and Goal, which so far has been pretty trash. He just leads, them, I don't know, they fell off a cliff ever since I got him. And Now they have tough fixtures to come, so not looking too good. I did get Lamptey, and I've started him both these weeks, so he's been great for me. I've actually, I already had Lamptey, but I, I kept him on the wildcard. Uh, I got Chilwell on my wildcard. He's also got me... Uh, one clean sheet in Game Week Seven, and then a goal in Game Week Eight. So he's been fantastic. And on top of that, he looks like he he can get more attacking returns every single game. It just feels like he's he's just playing left wing. Um, Kufal Kufal was good for me. He got me a clean sheet this week, and I benched him the week before. Then I got Jack Grealish, who's been awesome because he uh, he was really the standout performer in Game Week Seven with his 15 points against Southampton, despite a heavy loss. That was really- Ridiculous. That was a crazy game, but yeah, Grealish really, really helped me out there. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, he's got me in assists both games, but he did miss that penalty against Liverpool. I mean, I was kind of happy to see it, like as a Liverpool fan, <laughs> but at the same time, like I wouldn't have minded a goal from De Bruyne, but it is what it is. Um, I did end up following you on the Rashford train, and I got him for my wild cards I've had in these last two weeks. Just one assist, a total of seven points in two weeks so far. Very disappointing from Rashford, but um,
1: I think very disappointing from United altogether. Yeah, like
0: really, I just expected expected United to start turning a leaf, and they've been they've been a bit slow
1: with that. But um, it's, some some might argue that he deserved the next that goal against uh, Everton. Right,
0: I was watching that. I'm like, I'm sure he touched it. <laughs> There's no way <laughs> he did not touch that. But yeah, that one hurt I- to watch.
1: I, I woke up super late that day to the notification of Rashford scoring.
0: Oh, my God. I <laughs> and I was late. so
1: – I woke up. I woke up with a smile, went, put the game on. And then by the time that I went and got settled, I looked at my phone, and the goal was overturned and given to Bruno.
0: Ouch. Ouch. That's got to hurt. But, yeah, Bruno's been going crazy. It looked like I picked the wrong United asset. But hopefully Rashford can redeem himself. Um. Then I kept Son obviously, but honestly, in the last two games, like he's been kind of, kind of poor. Like not at his usual self. There's this one chance where he stopped and like took like six extra touches in the box. I remember. I'm like, what are you doing, Son? Uh, But yeah, hopefully he can refine his form. I still, I still have faith in the kid. Uh, Then I. What about yeah? We'll talk about this later. But with Bale. Oh yeah, definitely. Bale finally started the game, so definitely it's a lot to talk about. Um. I got Pulisic initially on my wild card, so that sucked because I uh, obviously got injured in the warm-up for that game where Chelsea thrashed uh, Burnley. So that was really, really tough to take because I really felt like he would go off that week. But I got in my saving grace. My boy Lampty was chilling first bench, came in for Pulisic and uh, sorted me out. So I can't be too mad. Got me a nice nine points. I'm still a bit salty because I feel like Pulisic would have got more than nine points, but I, at that point, I just feel like I shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you've already gotten more than enough.
1: Yeah. I, if only Jorginho hadn't start or come off that bench either, then Lampy would have come on for me. Damn. Yeah, that
0: Lampy sub so is kind of it's kind of rough. Um. And then finally, I, I got Harry Kane on my wild card. Finally. And I got him for these last two games, which has been pretty good. He got me six and then nine points. So not too bad, but, like, unfortunately, none of his big hauls, the 15, 16-pointers, 21-pointers is what we know Kane is capable of now. And then uh, the final move I made is instead of getting Danny Ings, I decided to stick it out with my boy Callum Wilson. I was I was feeling him. I was like, let me let me keep my boy. And uh, he rewarded me with two goals against Everton. And he did blank against Southampton, but... Uh, know what two goals in two games no complaints here from me for 6.5 million um then my bench consisted of reese james kilman and brewster and uh i did play both reese james and kilman in game week seven and they both got me clean sheets so um in fact since my ball card i've never had a defender blank they've all got me at least six points which is pretty dope wow and i played four defenders in game week seven and three this week so yeah Defense has really been big for me lately, just helping. I think those, I think this might
1: have been my first week where my all my defenders don't blank as well. Like, I oh guess yeah? yeah, there you yeah. go. Like
0: the Premier League's ch- changing a little bit. Play teams are starting to play some defense, and I guess now we're on the right guys. Chelsea has been big for me. I've had, I had the double Chelsea, I and mean, then Wolves have sorted out. So yeah, definitely some changes. Um, and finally for this week, I did make one transfer. I changed Pulisic. For his uh his buddy Ziek, and yeah, I reaped the rewards. I mean, Ziek looked so good against Burnley, and then he he looked even better against Sheffield. This man's just, just on on fire right now. His his skills are just Ziek lighting up the prem. He's uh his set piece delivery is awesome, and uh, I definitely think he's a good pick. Only eight point one million right now. It's definitely not too late to hop on.
1: Yeah, I mean, his price is only gonna start going up, so. Sooner yeah. rather than later,
0: definitely. Um, so how about we go through uh, some of the games from Game Week Seven and just just talk about what happened and give our thoughts. Why don't you start us off, I O?
1: Yeah. So I mean, first was Wolves Crystal Palace. There isn't much to say. I mean, there was, Jimenez did blank, but I mean two 0 is a pretty expected score line from Wolves against Palace. Potents did get a goal, so I mean if he starts. Getting more minutes again because I feel like he was being inconsistent, but mm-hmm. um, but other than that, I mean, normal game for Wolves. Ponin's got a goal, Ait got a goal, right? His um, first start, his first start. So it's, a, I'm, I'm interested to see if he mm-hmm. starts getting minutes as well because he's another cheap option for a Wolves defender for sure. Did he play in
0: that Leicester game, Ait Oof. <laughs> I'm not sure. Let me check right now. Um, so, he did. He started at left wing back again, but he did get subbed. So, maybe that's something to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I think it's a little early to know if he's going to be a, a starter.
0: Yeah, I mean, it looks like Kilman's kept the starting spot, so congrats to anyone who went with Killman. And, yeah, uh, that's true. Semedo's been in, in good form lately. He's been getting up, so... Maybe some returns coming from him soon. So, moving on. Yeah. Man City versus Sheffield. I mean, I had De Bruyne in for this game on my wildcard. card. I was kind of excited, hoping for a bigger scoreline. But it was a kind of a scrappy game. City did get the win, 1-0. Kyle Walker actually ran this game. He had a goal, could have had a couple assists. He was just all over the place. It was, a, it was an odd game from City, seeing Kyle Walker on the game, basically. But, um. Yeah, Sheffield fought hard. They've showed that they're not going to get walked right over. If you're going to beat them, it's going to be a, a close game. So, yeah, good for Sheffield and uh, City 1-1-0. Yeah,
1: I mean, they did... Uh, I don't think Sheffield made it very easy for City. And I think City were looking to maybe win by a bigger scoreline, but as you'd expect City to win this game, and they did. And so... Same thing with Chelsea versus Burnley. Burnley have been not very good this season, um, especially when, it, when you think about how strong defensively they were before. Uh, this season, they've been all over the place. Even now with Ben Me and Tarkowski back in the team as well. But, right. I mean, like you, uh, like you said before, I mean, Ziyech with a goal and an assist. Werner got a goal. Zuma, I mean Zuma is playing he really well. he's he's gone three goals in the six first six games of the league as a center back that's so crazy. i mean I brought on bill i brought I brought Chilwell in for this week, and I mean I was happy with the clean sheet he got the goal in the next game, and I think long term he's the better option but short term, Zuma is not looking too bad himself, especially with with him having nailed down that spot next to Thiago Silva.
0: Yeah, for sure. They're looking like a a good pairing, actually. So Liverpool West Ham. This was a much tighter game than one might expect, even because even without Antonio, West Ham really showed up and they put up a great fight, and it took a great uh, a great winner from Jota and a, and a beautiful assist from Shakiri to win the game. So yeah, that was two one. That was a close game. Um... Jota might be emerging as an option, might be someone we need to talk about. But um,
1: yeah, he's, re- he's really been popping up even in the Champions League.
0: Yeah, West Ham looked, looked pretty good in that game, and their defense has definitely been more solid lately. So that's something to keep an eye on. And when Antonio comes back, he'll definitely be the talk of the town.
1: Definitely. Um, okay, so Aston Villa Southampton was an absolutely ridiculous game. Crazy. I mean, what was it, 4-0 at halftime? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, two incredible goals by Ward-Prowse. Oh, yeah. just um,
0: How often do you see that, two free kicks in one game? Like, that's very rare.
1: Yeah, that is very rare. But, I mean, beautiful free kicks. He even got an assist Restor Restergaard.
0: Oh, yeah. Ward-Prowse had a great game.
1: But, I mean, a game of two halves, really. Um, Aston Villa turned it around in the second half. You got two assists from Grealish, one of them winning a penalty. It is true that Ollie Watkins took this penalty. We
0: finally know. Um, That's Villa's pen taker.
1: Do we? Or or do we feel like it's still Grealish and maybe Watkins, who is having a little bit of a dry spell, Grealish gave it to him to kind of kickstart?
0: That could be true as well. I could see Grealish pulling the move because like that as did, the captain,
1: because I mean, Ollie Watkins went to score again against Arsenal. So, right. I mean, I, 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 would. I'm not saying. I'm just. I'm just saying that I would be very surprised if Grealish was uh, taken away from the penalty taker for Aston Villa.
0: Right. I mean, we never knew if he had it for sure. Anyways, it was. It was kind of up in the
1: air. I mean, yeah, but I feel like he's had it over now last season. Maybe even before that, he is the captain, so.
0: Right, yeah. No, it could be him. Still time to tell. But um, any, besides, besides, Grealish is an amazing pick right now. He's just on fire. Looks uh, like I he know. can score an every game.
1: And uh, note that Aston Villa's fixtures coming up are delicious.
0: Oh, yeah. It's so tasty. <laughs> it's definitely after this Arsenal game was what I was looking forward to, but it got me a nice assist against Arsenal, too, so <laughs> not too bad from Jack Grealish.
1: I don't know. I mean, even uh, one uh, one differential to look at, I mean, I know a lot of people are humping on Martinez uh, as an Aston Villa defender slash keeper, right. but Mings, Mings tends to score as well, and I mean... He's, he's a big guy, he gets a few headers in the corner, from corners, got a goal against Southampton. So that's also a player to look at.
0: Yeah, for sure. Another thing I wanted to point out is like, obviously Southampton scored four goals. But uh, as a Villa defender owner or, or um, Martinez owner, I would not be panicking. Like If you think about it, those four goals are rare goals. They're not something that was because of Villa's defense being atrocious. Like, Ing scored a worldie, two free kicks. Yeah, like, it's not something you're going to see every day. It's not like Villa suddenly can't play defense. They've been building it since the end of last season. And I definitely wouldn't panic out Martinez. I mean, we already saw him get a a clean sheet the next week. So definitely hold on to him. And uh, yeah, so the next game was Newcastle Everton. I did predict a Newcastle to pull a result out here because everything was really lacking on their um, on their squad. They were missing Luca Dean, Richarlison, uh, Coleman obviously. But um I think Hamez. Anna Everett Hame is right. So um Newcastle did pull the result, Cal Wilson got his brace. But uh Carol Lewin just continued to find a way to get the ball on the back of the net and um Obviously, Everton lost their next game as well. But um, going forward, I think Everton's going to have their their troops back. So I wouldn't forget Everton as as an option altogether. I think they're definitely going to make a nice little comeback here going forward.
1: I mean, yeah, um, what's it called? I think I wasn't expecting Newcastle to do it. I thought that was going to be Everton's bounce-back game. Then they played United, which is a tough fixture. But now their next three fixtures are Fulham, Leeds, and Burnley. So, I mean, I would be very surprised if they don't get at least two wins from those three games. Yeah, I'm with you. Um. Okay, so now United-Arsenal. Oh, what a disappointing game. What a disappointing game. I that mean, was an a ugly, was ugly given. game. The penalty it was given. Aubameyang scored it. Arsenal didn't look good. United didn't look good. So um I mean all everyone just looked flat. So even Aubameyang, the whole Arsenal front side, the whole United front side. So I mean if I took out anything from that game, it's like why did I put Rashford? I'm looking to take him out. Um, obviously against Everton, United looked a bit better, but Arsenal continued to look flat against Aston Villa. So, Aubameyang right now for a price tag of $12 million, if he's still priced at $12 million, does not look That's attractive scam. to me at all. Yeah. Does not look attractive. Arsenal are just
0: it. in a rut right now in terms of offense. I mean, their defense was okay. Yeah, sure, against United. Thomas Partey definitely helped them. But offensively, they've really struggled this season. And I, I think a lot of that comes down to Aubameyang not finding his feet. They really need his goals. They relied on them last
1: year. Yeah, I, I just think it's coming down a little bit to Arteta's tactics. And it's just not allowing Aubameyang to, I don't know, flourish in the left wing. I don't know. Right. I think he's like too wide almost. playing more like a left mid.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think, I think Arteta could definitely use, use, some, uh, use some changes to the team, spice things up. Okay, so the next game was Tottenham-Brighton. This was a really close game. It was a, it was a it was a dog fight. obviously scored that goal, but uh, it was a controversial one with that foul leading up. But you know, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I got a nice nine points I on Lampty.
1: Oh, that was controversial.
0: <laughs> yeah, that definitely was <laughs> in the moment. But um, I mean, Kane got his goal. Bale scored that game winning header. With the Reguilón cross, it was like a goal made in Madrid. It was was beautiful to watch. Um, Yeah, great for the Spurs fan, obviously. Spurs fans seeing Bale, Bale get back on the score sheet. And it's such a crucial time as well to win a game. So, yeah, important three points for Spurs. Anything else you want to make of this game?
1: I mean, if there's anything I've taken out from the last two Spurs games are that Spurs are now finding ways to win games like um without playing too you know, well like, huh? that's, yeah exactly they're not like dogfight games where like it's scrappy yeah. like there's no real winner but like you have to get the goal somehow i mean they bail scored in the last five minutes in the next game they won the game in the last five minutes right so they're finding it's- ways and then i mean king got on the end of it last time so Spurs' assets are still looking pretty good to me. The only thing is, with now Bale, if he keeps starting, which I assume he will. Does that change how we look at Son? Right.
0: Yeah, I think if if you watch the the All or Nothing podcast, for, I mean the All or Nothing um documentary for Spurs, you'll definitely see like how much Mourinho placed an emphasis last year on like winning these types of games. He wanted them to be to be aggressive to like go for these uh every second ball in these dogfight games. And he really thought that's how you get the wins. And I mean, it's working now you can see Mourinho like second season Mourinho. This is what they always say, right? This is where he just installs that winning mentality. And you can really see that in Spurs right now. They're really finding it's the the inner strength, you know, to win those tough games. And that's really promising as a Spurs fan. If you're trying to really like make a, make a charge for this Premier League title, they're in the fight Uh, so far.
1: I mean, it, I've. N- I never thought I would say this, but Kane looked like an all season kind of player. Yeah, he definitely
0: did. It's it's not something we see often, just because of the injuries. But uh, I think the yeah, extra true. rest definitely helped him out. I, mean, I think he's finally since at game time
1: week, since game week one.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're one of the rare people who who really like believed in Spurs with <laughs> that double up from the start. So, good on you, I guess.
1: I, I watched the the uh, the docu series of of Spurs and I got and I got excited
0: yeah so did I but I got Delhi Alley. <laughs> that's the problem <laughs> I thought yeah but you know what I have them both now In no complaints I'm not living in the past anymore my boys have done well
1: uh, okay so Fulham West Brom didn't quite pan out as I expected
0: okay I mean, what did you expect
1: I mean really I mean having seen the games before that West Brom looked like a better team to me um, than Fulham with a lot more creativity going forward. So I was very surprised to see Fulham get a 2-0 win out of this. Yeah, I was also quite surprised to see Mitrovic on the two assists in the game.
0: Yeah. How, how,
1: how, yeah. how was
0: that? I didn't, I didn't catch this game.
1: I mean, it was a good... West, I mean, the reason I was also so surprised is because West Brom looked so poor.
0: Oh yeah. Didn't show up?
1: Yes. Yes, they've been poor. I mean, the most of the season, but they've had good moments of football. And they've what I've noticed is that they've tried to play football, you know, they like to play with the ball at their feet as opposed to Fulham, who it's a little bit it's a little bit more just give it to Mitrovic and see what he can do. So mm. I thought West Brom would be more prepared for that. Uh, had given that they both teams needed that win, but I mean, Fulham were the better team in that game, so they deserve the two 0 win. I just I wonder if we'll see the same trend going forward from Fulham.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I too expected West Brom to edge that one, but um, I mean, yeah, the relegation scrap like this, I guess anything can happen. Uh, yeah, next game Leicester Leeds. I was really excited about this one because the last week we had talked about Leicester versus Leeds. And who we think could win, and, and who who is going to finish higher on the table. And I was really back in Leicester, and uh, I was really back in Leeds. Yeah. So was Mahmoud. So Leicester really, really proved me, proved me right. They were, they made me proud. And then they followed that up with another win against Wolves. So yeah, Leicester looked like the real deal. Like they're not going nowhere. Vardy's back. He's scoring goals. He's getting assists. Barnes, Madison, everyone's getting involved. Telemans, the brace this game. Um. Yeah, I mean Leicester are on fire right now. Um Leeds have been poor to be honest as well though the last couple of games. Dallas got a goal this game. Shout out to any Dallas owners, but um uh, apart no, from- he
1: did not deserve that goal. <laughs> yeah, he really I mean it, it was uh it was a lucky shot. Yeah. No, no one on the end of it.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, nothing good coming out of Leeds the last couple of games, but um I still think they could bounce back. Yeah, don't think Bielsa lets them go on such a bad run, but um, yeah, great, great from Leicester, and I know a lot of us will have our eyes on Jamie Vardy, so we will definitely get to that.
1: You still think he's an option? I definitely do. And we're back, Brighton Burnley. <laughs> Not much to talk about. I mean 0-0. Zero, zero. Clean sheets for Ryan, clean sheet for, for Lante. Maybe you have Pope. Um, so that's also a clean sheet. I think Pope also got an an extra point for saves because he got three in the game. So I mean, from any from the point of view of any defensive assets in this game, it was a perfect game. But I mean, not many chances. Mael Pai should have maybe scored a goal. But other than that, not much potential from any of the attackers in Burnley nor, nor Brighton. Although, it, it is worth mentioning that Danny Welbeck started for Brighton. And if we see that as a reoccurring thing, um, at 5.5 versus Malpai at 6.5, I don't think they will, starting from now, let's not include Malpais' first couple games, but like from this moment on, I wouldn't imagine Malpai to get a lot more points than Welbeck if he manages to get more points than Welbeck. So he might be a a better budget option for a Brighton attacker if you want a Brighton attacker. I'm still not sold on a Brighton attacker, but for those of you who have, uh, Welbeck might be a more attractive option at 5.5 million.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was disappointed in Brighton in this game. I really thought they should get the result against Burnley. But fair play to Burnley. They finally got a clean sheet. Um, yeah, I mean, I really like that Welbeck point you made. I think, I think at 5.5, he could be a really good option. It just We just need to see him stay fit and get some starts under his belt. But uh, I'll definitely have my eyes on him. So moving on to uh, Southampton, Newcastle. I watched this game. I was excited for some Callum Wilson goals, and I was super disappointed because Southampton just dominated from start to finish. And like no Danny Ings, no problem. They were they looked just fine. Jay Adams stepped up. Theo Walcott stepped up. Uh, Stuart Armstrong got a goal. And Southampton honestly looked really good, and they were top of the table for a brief brief spell. So. Good on Southampton. They've been in really good form lately. They've just been scoring goals for fun. And uh, even without Ings for a few weeks, I think they, they can hold their own.
1: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. Uh, I think Southampton are really playing well offensively. Um, so Danny Ings does look really attractive right now, even though I did take him out a couple weeks ago. He's still been doing well ever since. Um, but then again, I went for the budget striker options, covered Lewin and Bamford, so that money is invested into the midfield. So I'm not too upset, but like, it still hurts a little bit.
0: And he is injured now, so I guess I guess it works out for you.
1: Yeah, but I mean, as soon as Southampton have a good run of fixtures, Danny Ings is always always a good option.
0: Yeah, I know you're definitely right. Danny Ings is just a different class, great
1: player. Yeah, absolutely. But moving on to an Everton United, 1-3. Everton started well. Bernard got the goal. Kyle Lewin got three points from the assist. But I think from there, I mean, Bruno got two goals. Uh, Some may argue that was for Rashford. But we finally saw a brighter United, I think, a little sharper up top. Um, So that might be a good sign, especially now that... uh, They've just ended a run of tough fixtures. So now that their games are going to start easing up, they're going to have more rest because there's no Champions League. Um, those United forwards, Bruno Fernandez, Marcus Rashford, I wouldn't go for Anthony Martial. He hasn't been looking too good. But definitely, Bruno or Rashford um, look like good potential targets for the next coming games.
0: Yeah, this game was just a Bruno show, right? Like Bruno's back. He's he's on fire. He could have honestly probably had his hat trick, but uh he 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 got his two goals, got his assist, he had a great game. And uh yeah, I'm just hoping for some more from Rashford to come because uh that's the guy yeah, I went with. Yeah. Um I
1: mean, before we do before we do move on, I do want to say a little shout out to Edison Cavani. He got his first goal for Manchester United. Of course. Um, Great finish. I mean, if if only, if only he was a starter, he would actually be an attractive choice.
0: Right. What is he, 8 million? Yeah. I mean, we'll see if he ever does get that starting spot. If there's like an injury or something, then we can talk about him. But in the time being, he's just really not an option. It has yeah. to be Rashford or Bruno for me. I agree. All right, so moving on. 4-1 for Palace against Leeds. Wow. I. This is one I would have never predicted in a million years. Um, Eze got his leads. goal assist. Me too, man.
1: Eze's uh, goal an- was class. When
0: Anhalt got an assist. Dan got an ass- a goal.
1: Uh, it wasn't an assist. It was an own goal. like when Anhalt crossed it for the own goal.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and Ayu got a goal. So pretty convincing performance from Palace, which is not something you say too often. Uh, luckily, Zaha didn't get too involved as he's still pretty highly owned. He only got the one assist. But um, yeah, Leeds just didn't show up. I mean, Bamford still got his goal, so good for Bamford owners.
1: Ooh, there was a controversial VAR decision, though. Yeah. Where he was called offside. So he could have easily gotten two goals, and that could have changed the whole game. But I mean, yeah, it was 4 1, and Palace really outplayed Leeds for 90 minutes
0: damn fair enough uh yeah not something you see too often but a palace with a great performance they still have great fixtures to come so i mean if you are looking at palace a- assets it's still maybe not a bad idea i mean um one one thing i was thinking about milivo which is um suspended so that means either zaha could be back on pens or it could mean van anhalt is on pens because he used to take the pens last year without milivo which so van anhalt is a 5.5 defender on Taking penalties, uh, again, looks quite attractive. But uh, we'll have to see if Dallas can keep up their defensive form. But I wouldn't hate that that as a move to bring in.
1: Interesting. I'm I'm not sure I would do the same. But anyways, moving on. So Chelsea-Sheffield. Another great game from a Chelsea point of view. Uh, Sheffield did get an early goal against Chelsea but I mean after that I think Chelsea just clicked and they went goal after goal after goal I mean you saw Timo get a return Tammy get a return which I find interesting I think Tammy's been starting the last couple games and Werner's been playing over on the left
0: as long as postage is out we could see this continue for sure
1: exactly so I mean for those who have Tammy uh, sorry not Tammy for those who have Werner um, if we see Tammy starting with the help of Ziyech and Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, I mean, you could see a more successful Tammy Abraham. Um, but even Chilwell got on the end of that cross. Great, I mean, not really a great goal, but a goal. Um, Thiago Silva got a goal. But I think more importantly, Ziyech got two assists than the game before he got a goal. So I think Ziak is looking very attractive, like you said earlier, Kazi.
0: Yeah, Ziek really ran this game as well, and he could have had a third assist if Werner didn't mess up that chance. So, yeah, ZH looks on fire. He's electric. Um, Werner as well looks pretty good. But my one concern is Lampard has mentioned that he wants to rest him soon, so that could be next week against Newcastle. So I would be cautious if you're trying to bring Werner in.
1: Right? Was it? It was this game, right? That he wasn't supposed to start.
0: It was the game before against Burnley, where he was on ah, the bench right. in the preliminary team sheet, and then. Uh, Postage and, pulled up in training and then Ziyech, I mean, uh, Werner went right into the starting lineup. Right. So, yeah, Some, Werners,
1: yeah that, that's definitely something we might see again.
0: Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, in the time being, I think Ziyech, if you ask me, looks like the best Chelsea asset. I mean, besides maybe Chilwell, Chilwell and Ziyech, one in defense, one in attack. Those, those two boys are just on fire right now. Absolutely. And, uh, Chelsea looks like they're finally like finding their feet, getting getting some rhythm going forward. And they're doing really well defensively. They went on a nice clean sheet run of like six or seven in a row, like including all competitions, which is pretty awesome. And only conceded the one against Sheffield, so the defense still doesn't look too bad. Uh, moving on to West Ham-Fulham. This game looked like it was going to end 0-0, but uh, Suchak got a late goal to to steal the win. And... Uh, what's his name? Fabianski saved the penalty as well uh, from Lukman. So some late drama in this game, but West Ham...
1: I, I don't know if you can say Fabianski saved the penalty as much as you can say that Lukman absolutely destroyed his chances of scoring a penalty.
0: <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. And the penalty was so bad. <laughs> it was pretty shambles. Um, but yeah, West Ham got the win, I guess. You can give them credit. Their defense... Uh, the people who hopped on the defense got paid. I got, I had a Kufal. He also got some bonus points, which was nice. Two bonus points. Um, but yeah, West Ham look like they're they're putting up a fight, a good fight in these games until until Antonio gets back. They're holding it down on defense, and West Ham look like a really good team. To be fair, this season they've had a really horrible start, and now it's turning around, and they look like they could get some more points on the board with Sheffield up next as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so moving on to West Brom Spurs. This was an interesting game because the first half Spurs looked so bad. I mean, West Brom were dominating Spurs in the first half. They were unlucky not to have scored. Um, and like I said earlier, Spurs managed to get the goal in the last five minutes of the game. It was a great pass from Doherty and Kane on the end of it. Um, I know that. I mean, like we said, we talked about the captaincy about Son versus Kane for this game. Uh and it was pretty even. But for those who had Kane had a really nice advantage coming out of this game week. Um and compared to those who had Son as captain. Right.
0: Yeah, definitely uh that was a tough, tough game for Spurs. I was hoping that they'd, they'd get a more comprehensive end with my Kane captain, but um I mean, he got the goal. I can't complain. Nine points in the bag. Um, Leicester Wolves. Another close, tight game, which a lot would have expected. Two two good teams that have been in good form. And it, was a, it was a scrappy one, at, as you would expect, maybe. Uh, but uh, Leicester snuck the win out. Vardy with a goal. It was a penalty, obviously. And he missed his second pen, which was a bit disappointing. But, uh, I mean, I'm not a Vardy owner. I don't care. But... <laughs> disappointing if you are um but yeah Vardy looks like I mean he's always going to have the pants Leicester win a lot of pants and on top of that he's he's been scoring and assisting in his previous game so it's definitely someone to keep an eye on and and Leicester look like they're they're locking up defensively as well as offensively pretty potent
1: um I mean yeah uh they do their next game is against Liverpool Right. But, I mean, after that, they have a pretty good run of fixtures as well. So, I mean, definitely players to keep an eye on. For sure. All right. So, moving on to the big game of the week, Manchester City versus Liverpool. Yeah, this um, is an exciting one. I mean, yeah, everything happened in that first half. Salah scored. Jesus scored. the Bruyne missed the penalty. So, um... Yeah, I mean, a lot to take out. Shame no one actually got away with three points.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you watch this game, you really notice that, like, in the second half, both teams seemed kind of content. Like, they, it felt, the feeling was that they were both okay with the draw. Both a bit scared to lose, I guess. Weren't really full sending it for the win. So, um, yeah, it was, the whole game was really decided in the first half. I mean, two penalties, uh, two goals. Salah goal, money assists, pretty good for owners of both players. De Bruyne assists, pretty common. Um, Sterling blanks, obviously. but Yeah, I mean, no one expected a clean sheet in this game, really, and we didn't get one. But uh, at the same time, we didn't get any crazy hauls either. So City and Liverpool both look like they haven't been at their best this season. Uh, Matip was finally back in the Liverpool team, so that's promising for their defense. But obviously Trent Alexander-Arnold got injured, which is a big story of this game. Um, he could be out for maybe around four weeks, I think I was hearing. So, I mean, he hadn't been great up till now anyways. So, if you definitely, now there's an excuse to get him out if, if you still hadn't done so. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate because maybe Liverpool's uh, tides were going to start turning, but not back. They might have started getting some clean sheets. So, um, unfortunate as a trend owner. But, yeah, it is what it is. Uh, both teams did okay but i expect better from both of them going forward
1: yeah so do i but so moving on into one of the most shocking games of this week is arsenal versus aston villa 3-0 for aston villa maybe could have been four if VAR went their way um but yeah ollie watkins got on the end of two Got Grealish again with an assist, Barkley with an assist, even Target with an assist, um, and an own goal from Saka. I'm sure that's unfortunate, but yeah. I mean, we're seeing a really good Aston Villa side this season, who are bigging up against the big teams. So for sure, especially now with Aston Villa's run of fixtures coming up, I I condone it. Go get that. I mean. Get Aston Villa players. Martinez looks great. Mings looks good. Grealish, Barkley, Watkins. So, I mean, there's so many players to pick from. Yeah, absolutely. Even, even McGinn is not a bad option if you're looking for a budget differential. For yeah, Aston Villa. only 5.5.
0: He did pretty yeah, well for, for a stage last year, so not, not a bad option. But yeah, I think despite all those guys being okay options, I think Grealish is the man. If you can afford Grealish, get Jack Grealish. This boy just looks like he can score in any single
1: game. He's just on fire. He, he just looks on fire. He looks hungry.
0: He runs the whole team. Even even the the target assist was was a uh, was a great pass from Grealish. He's just he's just influencing the game on so many levels. And I definitely think he's gonna produce a lot of FPL points going forward. We just saw him get a nice fifteen point haul in in a loss. Like he can definitely get some get some big hauls.
1: Yeah, I mean, speaking of potential transfers for the next coming weeks, I mean, given that I banked one of my transfers so that I have two now, um, right. I'm really, 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 really considering bringing in Jack Grealish. I mean, I've been thinking about it for a while now, like almost instantly after I used my wild card to not put him in. But um, going into the season, I thought Jack Grealish was going to be I know he's too expensive for what he is, but right. Aston Villa are playing a lot better than I would have expected them to. Um, but yeah, so now Jack Grealish is one of my tra- top, top transfer targets, especially with the run of fixtures that Aston Villa have. It l- Jack Grealish is a great option.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Going into the season, I really, I really thought he was a little too expensive or it would be hard to find the right time and he'd be valuable. He was like a he got a seven goals, seven assists I think last year. I think that's kind of what I expected him from him again. But um the way that Aston Villa have improved, they made some awesome signings with cash, with Vodkins, with the Barkley and they really look like they can score a lot of goals this year. And I think Realish could be a much better option. And I think you hop on him now before it's too late. Like the fixtures are just amazing right now and they don't look like they're slowing down anytime soon.
1: We wait for after the international break because you never know.
0: Right, of course. And that's why we have another pod coming up uh, uh, towards the end of this break where we will go more in depth with Mahmoud as well. And we'll talk about uh, some of the players to bring in and some of the news we get in this break. But for the time being, there's definitely some things we can talk about. Um, How about Tottenham? Their fixtures have been amazing to start the season, but now they're very hard for the next few games. You think a Tottenham double up is still viable?
1: Yes, I do. Okay, I I do because, I mean, I I admit that yeah, I mean Spurs games for the start of the first part of the season have been very good for Spurs, right? And now they do have tougher fixtures, but I still feel like Spurs have outplayed even they have played better than anyone would have expected to even against these teams i
0: Fair think
1: uh, i think they look a lot more creative a lot more chemistry when it comes into that final third um and now we've seen the introduction of bail so if he clicks i don't see why spurs can't keep scoring goals they might not be so lucky defensively and i would be look i wouldn't be looking at the defensive assets but i'm not necessarily not looking at the double up. Now, if I had to pick one, I would go for Kane. But you make a very good point.
0: But for me, it's, it's Sonny. Let me tell you why. (laughs) So, So, basically, I mean, Spurs have tough fixtures. They have City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Palace, Liverpool, Leicester, Wolves as their next seven or whatever. And obviously, it's a horrible run. But, um, I think Son has really proven himself this season to be well above a 9 million player. He's in that top score race, top scorer race. He's looking like someone at the level of, of like a Sadio Mane or an Aubameyang. Like, that's the kind of player that Son has looked like to me this year. And um, especially in these tougher games where the Spurs might be offering the other teams possession, such as against City, Chelsea, Liverpool. I think in games like that it'll really be on the counter where Spurs can be deadly and we know who's deadly on the counter and it's human Min Son. This man's pace and electric electric pace on the on the counter and the, the two balls from Kane obviously will find him, so I'm sure Kane could still get some assists. But um I think Son will become the key player in these next games, especially with the ones where they're offering possession to the other team. I
1: mean I mean you could argue this for so long because they're so even. At the end of the day, I mean, right. of course, you could you could you could absolutely argue that Son can go on the counterattack and score the goal because that could totally happen. But then right. you can argue that Kane is on penalties, mm-hmm. uh, and, and who is more likely to win? Like, uh, get a goal from a, a set piece inside the box. You have Kane, um, and and honestly, I'm just not sure. Well, like, basically with now Bale being introduced as a starter, what does that mean? Because, I mean, Son is great. I think Son is fabulous. But I don't know. I feel like Kane was always kind of that second striker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it might switch a little bit more, and Spurs might switch it up more and play, to, like, down both wings. So That's true. I mean, I mean yeah, you could go both ways. I th- I think it's a really, really tough decision. You just got to go with your gut on this yeah. one.
0: I mean, I have a couple other reasons as well. For one, I have a lot of money invested in Son. I bought him at a nice, cheap 8.9, and he's at 9.6 right now. So if I do get rid of him and want him back, I could be losing a lot of money. Whereas Kane, on the other hand, I got quite late on a wild card. I got him, I think, at 10.8 or 10.9, something like that. And he's 11 now. So obviously a bit of value there, but not as much as Son. On top of that, um I just think I just think obviously Kane's the more expensive option. So I can use the money more more usefully elsewhere. And um at eleven million, I would really hope that my my uh my player is someone I want to be captaining. And I don't think I'm gonna captain Kane in the next eight weeks if I keep him. That's my concern with him, because I don't want to pay an eleven million for a player I'm not captaining, because that's really where you find the value with those really premium players. So for me, I'm gonna get rid of Kane for that reason. Cause Son I can have in my team. I don't need to captain him. He's nine million. I paid eight point nine for him. Like it's not like a crazy like Salah price or De Bruyne price. So I think for me that's another reason I want to get rid of Kane. Also another reason is just right now the strikers are just really like looking at me nice and and a big a big name there is Jamie Vardy. That's someone I want to change out for Kane. That's someone I think I could captain in the next few weeks. And the fixtures that, that Vardy has coming up and the form that he's in, he's definitely someone I want to trade for. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, Lester, I mean, I can't argue Lester do look good. Um, I'm not, there's something off for me that tells me not to go for Vardy. Okay. So, and I can't really pinpoint what it is, but... And, and and I'm not saying it's a bad choice because, like you said, Leicester have good fixtures and Vardy with pens. And I mean, Vardy has been playing well, but I don't know. I think I'm not ready to spend that much money on another striker. I've had Kane from the beginning. I've had Son from the beginning, and they've been so good to me. So, like, I'm yeah, going to stick for- it out with them, I think.
0: Fair enough. I mean, yeah, you're definitely right. They could still score a lot of goals in these games. They could just be high scoring games against the city, Chelsea, Arsenal coming up. But um yeah, I I I might hold Son. I mean I might hold Kane for this city game. I definitely think I will hold Son throughout. But um after the city game, I'm definitely gonna have to reevaluate. Or I might just move him on right now. Because another guy I really want to bring in for this week is uh well, I'm still still choosing between two guys because these boys are now the same price. And I'm talking about Richarlison and Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Both of them at 7.8 now. Everton, obviously, with a lot of their key players back, including Richarlison himself. And um, they have good great fixtures coming up, I think, with Fulham up next. So I'm really looking at bringing one of those two in for this week. So I'm thinking I might, I might go Richarlison, go a bit differential. He's on penalties. So... I'm thinking for this week, I could I could just do a cane to Richarlison transfer, depending
1: on depending on
0: injuries and stuff.
1: I mean, yeah, definitely. That lo- that looks good for Everton. Um, I'd personally go for, for Kevin Lewin, but I mean, you can't. I mean, yeah, if you need if you want that differential, then Richarlison is another great option.
0: Yeah, I just I mean that's a really a tough one, and it could really bite me because Richarlison has been awesome this year. Just keep scoring for fun, I mean, uh, Lewin. But um,
1: yeah. I, I think I Kevin think we Lewin just have, haven't haven't
0: seen a lot from Richarlison yet. I think I think he has a lot to show us still. I think last year and the year before he's really showed that he can become the talisman of the team. He can start scoring a lot of goals. So I don't know. Maybe it could be the wrong move. I'm not hundred percent sure which one yet. I just really, honestly, just sucks how far behind I'm on I am on Cavallu I can't act like that's not affecting me my my thinking because obviously i lost 0.8 on him already so that just kind of hurts you know (laughs) when there's people like yeah i mean even
1: i i bought him in super late yeah but that's not a logical way to think
0: yeah you're right you're right it's not it's not logical he's still great value for 7.8 million and um i'm definitely gonna have to sleep on it to make that decision i'll be waiting over the international break but yeah, some of my transfer plans, I was thinking I might just take a hit. And uh, if Callum Wilson is indeed injured, because he has a hamstring injury, then I might just do a minus four, sorry, uh, take out Kane and Wilson and just replace them with both Fordy and Richardson. The money lines up just perfect with that 0.0 in the bank. And you know, I love to see that, spending all that <laughs> money. Uh, so those might be my moves. But another thing I need to keep an eye on is this Rashford injury because uh, if he is injured, that would really change my plans because I was thinking of capting Rashford for this week against West Brom, so we will see. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, my, I didn't have that many great pictures. We, we'll definitely discuss more of it next week before, uh, for the game week preview, but um, yeah, those are some of my thoughts and transfers. Anyone else you had your eyes uh, on?
1: I mean, one thing I would say which is not so much as a transfer-in player, but as a transfer-out player, is Jorginho.
0: Yeah, he's not on fancy. I brought him in on
1: my wild card two weeks ago, (laughs) thinking that's going to be a brilliant move. That early, 5.1. I thought I had it in the bag, but um, that has not been the case since that happened. He missed another penalty in the Champions League. Yeah. And then when Chelsea won another penalty, Timo Werner took it. And I think he's been taking penalties ever since. And in addition, Jorginho has found himself outside of the starting 11 for the last two weeks in a row.
0: Right, and it's been working great. (laughs) Chelsea have been awesome (laughs) since they've been playing Conte in that single pivot.
1: So I have to say from going back to my wild card, that was a, a move. That really, really backfired. Um, Given that he's the five million uh, midfielder, I'm not in a hurry to take him out, but I'm definitely going to take him out as soon as I can.
0: Yeah, fair enough. That's true. I mean, the risk was always going to be low at a price like that. You can get away with having him on the bench or just chilling around. So um, yeah, I mean, Georgina is definitely not a good pick anymore. That's for sure. But uh, on the other hand, Ziyech, that's the man. I'm telling you guys, I really was hyped on this Pulisic. I really wanted Pulisic to be my guy this year. But um, I mean, if <laughs> he can't get fit, happen. if he can't get fit, then I guess I'll have to settle for Ziech. But he's not been too bad. He's been really, really awesome.
1: I mean, yeah, he's also high on my transfer targets. I'd almost say that both Jack Relish and Ziech are higher on my transfer targets right now than Hamas Rodriguez. Really? Wow,
0: in that midfield range, huh? Yeah. Honestly, I don't I don't blame you. I don't know what it is. I mean Everton obviously have been poor and he's been he was back for this game as well. This last game against United, he just didn't do too much. Um yeah, everton everything. I it's hard to know what to make of them. So I think I want to see more from Hamas before I get him back in my team. But uh I'm looking at their strikers though, so we'll see. Yeah. Anyone else you think people should have their eyes on going into the next few fixtures?
1: I mean, I wouldn't take away from the United assets necessarily.
0: Yeah, if you have Bruno, Bruno, you're, Bruno, you're dreaming right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, potentially, potentially a Crystal Palace forward. They do have three good games coming. Right, so maybe Zaha, Zaha, but and and yeah, and I'm not gonna stress this enough, but Aston Villa, man, these guys they're doing it this year. They're they're really they're doing it. So they have a good run of fixtures. Jack Grealish, Ali Watkins, Barkley, Martinez, Mings, they're all yeah, good I'm options. I'm
0: with you. I'm with you. Uh, the final final team I want to talk about is Man City. I mean, they have the Spurs game, and then their fixtures are real nice. And you will definitely want either De Bruyne or Sterling or Mahrez or someone. Because they have Burnley next, and Fulham both at home, and United, and then West Brom at home. So, wow. like, And then Southampton, Newcastle. like Their fixtures are amazing. And Man City are just, you know, they can just start scoring bucket loads of goals every game if they find their form.
1: That's true. I haven't looked at this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, after the Spurs game, you will if you're without a City assets, you're definitely going to be a bit worried. I think that's another reason a lot of people will want to be moving on from either Canada or so on just to free up a lot of money because these Man City fixtures just look too appetizing. So, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I definitely it's think... Definitely gonna be, it's definitely going to be something to consider.
0: Yeah. So, I guess the Spurs City game will, will actually be quite telling. It'll let us know which of the two teams is top dog around here because, say, if Spurs just blow out City, then I guess I guess that'll change our thinking and then suddenly we will all want to keep our spares assets. But uh if City show up and show that they're ready to get in a nice run of form, get some get some wins under the belt with these fixtures coming up, I could see City scoring a lot of goals. And I wouldn't be opposed to City double or triple up. Especially also in, in defense, City have looked pretty solid. So it might be time to bring in someone like Cancelo or or Ruben Diaz or Kyle Walker. Absolutely. All right, I think I think we've gone through a lot here.
1: A little bit of a catch-up review,
0: yeah. And uh, we definitely have a little bit more to talk about for after the international break. We'll, we'll recap all the all the injuries or whatnot, and we'll uh, look ahead to some more captain options and uh, transfer options for next week. We'll see what Mahmoud has to add.
1: And we haven't forgotten about the differentials. But since it's right. not here, we decided that we will do that next week, the next pod. Yeah, for sure.
0: So yeah, don't forget, guys. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter. We hope you guys enjoyed our pod. And uh, we'll see you, see you in a bit. See you after this break.
1: All right. <laughs>